This is War Vessel Radio, standing firm upon the truth of Jesus Christ and speaking triumphantly from the Word of God, boldly living from a position in Christ and decreasing so that Jesus will increase, proclaiming to the world the gospel of Jesus Christ and a hope and a future found in Him. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the War Vessel Radio podcast. We're kicking off episode 27 uh, with part three of the Confess Him series, and we're continuing this discussion of what the bold confession of Jesus Christ looks like um, and how it's been stirring in my mind um, the things the Lord is impressing. So, I think getting started. So, I thought this was going to be the last episode, but I feel like there's more for the Lord to reveal. Um, so, we'll see. There could be a couple more parts. There could be one more part. But let's dive into what I have for you today. So I've been, over this last week, just kind of jumping around and thinking about, continuing to think about this bold confession. I've been studying different men who've had the bold confession. Uh, you know, there's, there's Peter after Pentecost, uh, Stephen, um, Moses, even though... He claimed not to have a voice uh, that was good. He was he had a bold confession of who God was um, and testified of that to Pharaoh. Uh, a bunch of other, Paul, Paul's one, Timothy. These are all examples of men in the Bible who had the bold confession. Um, and so I have been just kind of going through that and looking at these various people and passages, uh, places in Scripture where the bold confession happened. And I've been spending a lot of time quite heavily in the early part of Acts this last week. And I feel like I might have talked about some of this stuff a couple episodes ago, but I don't remember for sure. But anyway... Um, it's still good. I think this that the Lord will be revealing. So in Acts chapter 2, we have the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. It comes upon the apostles, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak with tongues in Jerusalem so that all these nations and uh, languages are revealed through them and people can hear them in their own tongue, and they were declaring the wonderful works of God, it says in verse 11. And so all the people were perplexed and amazed by this and were asking questions as, what could this mean? And others mocked and said, they are full of new wine. And then we see Peter, who has just been freshly filled with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I had a thought, and it would be curious to see what you all think about this, but it, it describes the the Holy Spirit coming on them as tongues of fire. And I was thinking about this with the tabernacle of God. I've been going through Exodus as well. Um, and this is just more of a personal, uh, just going through Exodus and enjoying reading through Exodus. It's not necessarily a study, but just a refreshing of the scripture in that area. But I've been going through Exodus, and I've been dwelling on this thought of 
what Exodus talks about and also just the Israelite journey through the other books, Deuteronomy, Numbers, Leviticus, etc. Um, I've been thinking about the temple and how it it talks about that as they moved and where they rested, they had a pillar of a cloud, a pillar, God was in a cloud or a pillar of, wow, it's not coming right, pillar of clouds essentially over the temple during the day and at night he was a pillar of fire or was was revealed to be a pillar of fire over the temple or the tabernacle and i was thinking about this in as i was reading through this passage in regards to the apostles that these tongues of fire came and sat above them and i was wondering i i would not be highly surprised and somebody's probably already found this to be true um, this just came to my mind as I was reading that the tongues of fire are representative of that place in the Old Testament of God coming and dwelling with the Israelites in the tabernacle and that the pillar of fire was the presence of God over the tabernacle. And this, in chapter 2, with the coming of the Holy Spirit, we find the presence of God coming and revealing himself as a tongue of fire over the apostles, symbolizing his coming to fill them with his life, with his dwelling, and they were going to be his new dwelling. So that's something I've been thinking about and been excited about, that of that just symbology there that I believe is parallel to Scripture. So something to think about, um, and maybe somebody else has already come up with that, and it's not even my own idea. And so praise the Lord for how the Spirit works and moves and awakens things and others without hearing something. So, that's exciting. But Peter has a sermon um, and begins to boldly declare the gospel. And we see that this has a great effect on those who were listening. And it says about 3,000 souls were added to them in chapter 41, or chapter 41, in verse 41 of 2. And so, then goes on to say, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved." And my focus for today is specifically on a couple words or a couple things that we've are scattered throughout this quite regularly throughout this first part of Acts. And that is these believers in Christ were all together and had it says they had all things in common and they all and they continued daily with one accord. They were operating with one heart with one mind they had one mindedness there was no splits or uh, legalism corrupting what the Lord was doing in building the church at this time and I think that's important to having this bold confession that the church in the body of Christ be having this one mind and this one heart before the Lord and that and that one mind and one heart is simply Jesus Christ. That is the unifying factor of the church here. They had they had come to know 
the spirit of Jesus Christ and they were worshiping him in the things that they that the spirit had laid upon their hearts they were doing they were they sold their possession possessions and goods and divided them all as anyone had they were giving to one another they were not caring for themselves but serving the next person and the gaps are filled in the body of Christ and suddenly there is strength and the Lord blessed them and was daily adding to their number uh, in this early development of the church. The other thing uh, that is just kind of moving through this, uh, in chapter 3, Peter and John come into the temple to pray uh, and they see this lame man and he's asking for alms and Peter goes through this whole thing with him and heals him. And so then they're brought before um, the rulers of the Jews at the time and are questioned, and Peter and John begin to give a bold confession of what they believe and what the Lord is doing through them and how the rulers are are living a false a false life and are, are against God's will. And so it, in chapter 4, they say this, and then they're arrested. Um, the Sadducees came, and being greatly disturbed, they taught the people and preached, this is chapter 4, verse 2, and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and a number of the men came to be about five so we've jumped from 3,000 when Paul per- first preaches to 5,000 in this next bit. And so then John and Peter address the Sanhedrin. Uh, it says in verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if, if, this day, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he... By what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved." So, Peter just slices and dices in the spirit here with just a sword of the word of God coming straight from his mouth in the working of Christ. And he just bluntly puts the gospel message. Um, he says, in verse 10, and like, I'm just going to read that passage again because it's so good. Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. They're, make, they're making a stand on who Jesus is. There is nothing apart from Jesus. There's nothing you can do. There is no... There is no anything outside of Jesus that you can stake your claim and say, I am of heaven. They, if it's not of Jesus, then you've rejected Jesus. 
and there is no way for you to be saved. And it says in verse 12 right after this, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And as I read this, I was, it was very profound to me. Um, and I was humbled and convicted about one day having a spirit like this that upon standing upon the boldness of Christ, even though I may be weak in areas and not fully complete in what the world may consider to be necessary for such truth or boldness or what have you to even exist, that people would marvel and not marvel at me, but marvel because they realize that I have been with Jesus. See, that's the point. It wasn't that Peter and John had obtained something of themselves or that they were trained and educated and were able to have this bold confession. It was because they had been with Jesus. The rulers recognized that these men had been discipled by Christ. They had heard Christ speak, and now this had become real in their life. They they had been with Jesus. And that is just so cool. Uh, I truly want to be able to stand and have the boldness of truth and not have people say that is that's bold truth right there and you know he did a good job putting that message together or, or what have you whatever that may look like but ra- rather rec- see that perceive that I am actually nothing I am untrained uneducated and that my own merit would not produce the boldness that was just demonstrated and that all came from Christ and because Christ had cho- chose to dwell with me, just as the Holy Spirit in the tabernacle, you know, with the pillar of fire, the Holy Spirit has come to tabernacle in our bodies, and that is where the boldness comes from. It's the Spirit of God working in and through us, tabernacling with us, and it's all because of Jesus. Uh, and so... They kind of question him some more, and they're they're telling, they threaten them, don't stop preaching in the name of Jesus, or we'll do da-da-da-da-da. And so after that, uh, they let them go, and then they have this prayer of, of boldness, um, the disciples, or the apostles do. It says, so when they, it says in verse, this is chapter 4, verse 24, so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said... Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? And the kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and with the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on the threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So here we have this prayer 
And look at what's all said in here. They, they're saying what happened or the truth that's being preached and is being persecuted, those things are, the persecution is against the servant of Jesus Christ, of the Father. The servant, it talks, the servant is capitalized for Jesus. Your holy servant, Jesus, whom you, the Father, that's what it's talking about, whom you, the Father, in parentheses, anointed. And these were the people that were against Jesus. And then they're saying, now look at your servants who are following the same pattern that you have, that Jesus laid and walked and are following in his spirit and having a boldness, preaching the gospel, and are being persecuted for it. And they're asking for this filling of the servant Jesus to come into them. And as they were praying, the place that they were assembled was shaken and it was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. With the Spirit comes boldness. Uh, And now there's one more thing I want to point out here in 32 and 33 of chapter 4, verses 32 and 33. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they all had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. So the point that I'm really getting at here is the unifying factor of all these bold confessions is one thing, and that is the witness of the Lord Jesus Christ, the witness of his crucifixion, the witness of his resurrection, the witness of where his authority is now, which is in heaven at the right hand of the Father, and all things have been given to him, and he has all power. And that we have been filled with the Holy Spirit, now have this boldness to confess those things in the truth. And that there is great power in that. Now, the Lord chooses what that great power looks like. It You might never in your entire life see how great the power of God is working through somebody who surrendered to the Holy Spirit. It's not always going to be a big outward, you know, a healing or, you know, 3,000 people coming to the Lord. It could be just the steady influence of, of people in their hearts and their minds over a long period of time and coming in contact with them and coming in contact with you, the house of the Holy Spirit, and being surrendered to the Holy Spirit fully utilizing the house he's dwelling in and opening all the rooms and all the doors and leaving nothing apart or denying the entrance of the Holy Spirit into anything, but having that full surrender of him in your tabernacle. And I, the other thing is one, this one line, and great grace was upon them all, that for the people endeavoring in the spirit of Christ to preach the gospel boldly, to live with one heart, with one soul, with one mind, in pursuit of Jesus Christ and whatever things he's called them to do, and together in that unity, there is great grace upon them all. That the, that the Father lavishless... I'm having trouble talking today. <laughs> um, that the Father just abundantly pours out his grace upon them because they're moving 
with a greatness of heart for his glory and to praise him. And the Father sees that and it just dumps all the grace that there is. And there's always more grace, which is the most beautiful thing. And that grace is Christ. Upon those who are confessing him. Uh, so I've been really stirred by that. Um, that one-mindedness of Jesus Christ and how central that is to, to having the bold confession. It is it is the centrality of Christ in your own individual life, and then it's the centrality of Christ with the church body around you, and that what the church looks like is this bold stand, having one accord, having one mind, and moving in unity towards the person of Christ, forsaking anything that doesn't have the Spirit or the seal of the Holy Spirit upon it and the the things of Christ stamped upon it. Um, those things have to be forsaken in order for the Holy Spirit to begin to use you fully and be able to use the church fully. And that's exciting to me because I think we're living in a generation who is who's beginning that's beginning to understand these things. I know that I'm awakening to them in my own walk and just excited for the Holy Spirit to dig into me and root himself and then begin rooting out any wickedness that is inside me, any, any anything that is ap- apart from him. And apart from him, I mean, a, that is opposed to his spirit, that that would just be, that the Holy Spirit would just do battle within me to remove that stuff. And that's hard. But it's where sanctification leads to a relationship with Christ and having a deeper relationship with Christ. And so these are all things that I've been thinking about and dwelling on. And just and this is just another element of that bold confession that it takes a one heart, a one soul, one accord, a, the body moving in one direction. And that one direction is the person of Jesus Christ. So, thank you all for listening this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know if you have any thoughts or anything that you're thinking about or if you've been enjoying or not enjoying this uh, these episodes recently. Uh, I know I've been enjoying them, so I praise the Lord for that. But I'd love to hear thoughts and um It'd be cool even to hear some testimonies about how the Lord is making the bold confession in your life, whether that be in small things or large things or however he's using you. Um, praise the Lord for that. And just want you all to know that I pray for you guys, um, that I want to see Jesus stirred up in this generation, in your lives, and that Christ would just make himself real to you every day. Um, of every week and moment by moment that there would be that deepening of his love and relationship with him for his glory so god is with you guys uh be be strong and be brave and be bold this week um lean into the conviction of the holy spirit and his whisperings of how he desires to move in you and be willing and surrender to that uh, it for the glory of christ so Thanks, guys. Take care.
Thank you for listening to War Vessel Radio. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow and share this podcast with others so the truth of Jesus Christ will continue to spread. Thanks again for listening, and may the love, joy, peace, and grace of Jesus fill you today.